Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Lots more still to come here in the second hour. We'll chat with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey after 1.30, and we'll set up tonight's encounter. The Oilers and Islanders facing off on 6.30. Chad, 5.30 is the puck drop. 4 o'clock, Reed Wilkins starts the countdown show, the face-off show, as it's better known. Um, where are we going here? Yeah, some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. All right, far from Jasper Avenue is Kevin Kurz, located on Long Island, covering the Islanders for the Athletic New York. Kevin is our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today hi kevin you're on with brendan how's it going today good good how are you excellent thank you so we got a, a fun game tonight these teams don't meet too often and uh, i i look kevin and i see some similarities between these two teams at least in how they've they've maybe sort of struggled to to start some of the games edmonton has it's got quite a, a variance shall we say when they score first they're a great team when they're chasing games not so much and i get the sense that that might be a similar story to what you guys have had out there on long island through 20 games yeah, that's that's definitely fair to say. Um, you know, the Islanders have dominated in in third periods. Um, I'm just looking at the stats right now that they're in the third period. They've outscored teams 31 to 19, but they've been outscored 12 to 10 in the first period. And I think it's 12 games out of 20 they've allowed the first goal. So um, that's definitely something they've been stressing lately is getting off to better starts. And it, it's just it's it's a little baffling with this team because it is a veteran team. So you would think they really could you know would recognize the importance of that. And, you know, I know there's normal fluctuations throughout a game of, of one team getting the momentum and the other team kind of seizing it back. But it's really been pretty drastic here with the Islanders. There have been stretches of play where they've been just downright awful. And flip side of that, there have been other stretches for full periods. They've just been dominant. And that's really why they've managed to, to get off to a you know pretty good start here with 12 wins in the first 20 games because they have had that sort of resiliency and they've had a number of comebacks, late comebacks, that have allowed them to uh, get those valuable points in the standings that every team needs this time of year. Four years there with Barry Trotz and now year one under uh, Lane Lambert. I'm wondering how much of a change you've seen in terms of the way that this team is playing hockey. I know that Trotz has learned more, uh, pardon me, no more for his defensive style, right? And I think that the expectation was things were going to open up a little bit more this year. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the biggest change that they've all mentioned from really the first few days of training camp is they want the defensemen to get more involved in the offense. And that means they have a little bit more free reign to jump up and try to keep the plays alive in the offensive zone, maybe try to create a turnover in the neutral zone and go the other way. And 
that's really what's what's happened. Um, this team right now, they're leading the league in goals from defensemen. I think it's 16 goals from defensemen. And I don't think that's anything anybody would have predicted before the season started. You know, there's some good defensemen back there, and Noah Dobson would really be the most offensively gifted of the group. But some other guys are getting involved, too. You know, even a guy like Scott Mayfield has, I think, four goals, and um, Sebastian Ajo has been involved a little bit more in the offense as the 60-man. Uh, Adam Pellick has a few. So they're getting goals from defensemen, and that's really been helping to, to drive the offense. It's just the way these guys have been able to – to, uh, to to help you know push the pace of play and, and keep plays alive and get pucks to the net. And, um, this isn't a team that's I think um, risk averse as risk averse as they were under Barry Trotz. And the result of that has been more goals, more chances, and um, you know that's why they are where they are. I think they're seventh in the league and uh, goals four at five on five every sixty minutes. So. Um, it's, it's been a pretty good start here offensively and not really something that we were used to uh, under Barry Truss, so that's for sure. Kevin Kurz covers the Islanders for the Athletic New York. It looks like you chatted with Lou Lamorello for a piece you wrote there, Kevin, and, and it seems that he sees some progress this year as well with those 12 wins in the first 20. Yeah, and, you know, when it comes to Lou, he took a lot of heat in the offseason for not really making any moves with the group up front. And that was something I think we all expected, especially after some of the comments that Lou himself made going back to the trade deadline and early in the offseason was, uh, is this team's forward group deep enough and skilled enough to really be a Stanley Cup contender? And I still have my questions about that. Um, even despite some of the offensive success, I look at the wings in particular, and I'm not sure this is a deep enough group to consider a Stanley Cup caliber group. Um, there's been some inconsistency with some key guys that are getting lots of minutes, whether it's Anthony Beauvillier, Oliver Wallstrom, Josh Bailey. Um, they've really been driven up front by guys like Matt Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, who we all expected to have good seasons, but it's that secondary um, secondary group underneath them that I'm not sure there's, there's enough there. So uh, I wouldn't say they're in a rush to make a deal at this point just because they have been winning games and they're going to be in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving. We all know how important that is. American Thanksgiving, I guess I should clarify. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe nothing's imminent, but I do expect at some point that the Islanders are going to explore looking for a score in some way, shape, or form. So it didn't happen on the free agency market, as we know with Nazem Kadri, maybe holding out for the Islanders doesn't happen. But uh, Matt Barzell gets the $10 million contract, and he's got just two goals on the season, Kevin, But they and they took a while to come, but he still leads the team with 22 points overall. So what, what do you make of Matt Barzell here, and what is year one of a big deal? Well, it's two goals and what is he third in the league I think in assists so I don't think anyone's yeah. panicking over Matt Barzell's production I think he's been actually really good and I think you can make the case that he's just been a victim of bad luck if you look at his shot totals and uh, if you buy some of the underlying stat stuff he should have more than two at this point um, that said I think there have been moments where he's passed up some open looks at the net where you'd like to see him take the shot uh, and I think there's been a case maybe where he misses the net a few too many times but Matt Barzell is certainly not uh, anything that anyone's losing sleep over with this organization. I think he's been, I think he's been outstanding. I think he's been better than he has last season. I think he's probably enjoying playing this system a little bit more than he did under Barry Trotz. Um, there are still some moments where you sort of shake your head at this two-way game. Um, there was a goal in Dallas the other night where he stayed out too long in a power play shift, and then he just didn't have the energy to get back. And 
Um, his effort on the back check was was substandard, to put it mildly. But, um, you know, he's being paid to create offense. He's created offense so far, and um, I, I like the season he's having. I, I know everyone looks at maybe those two goals as that, that not being enough, but um, – Again, I don't think that's anything that the coaching staff is losing sleep over. I think Matt Barzell's created. I think the, the biggest issue is they've got to find a, a winger or two that he can create some regular chemistry with, and, and I'm not sure they really have that on this team the way it's currently constructed. So who has been playing wing with him thus far? Oh, geez. I think tonight he's on with uh, – Oliver Wallstrom was the one guy they've really tried to, to – try, uh, foster some chemistry with Barzell and it just hasn't really happened um so that's one one guy that I think the fan base looks at is Oliver Wallstrom has got such a good shot mm -hmm. can he get chemistry with Barzell um it hasn't really happened yet he's, he's been with Zach Parisi a lot and at this stage of his career Parisi still works hard but he's not going to be a 30 goal guy anymore um you know, if you go back to last season, it was Barzell and Andrews Lee who were on a line for, for much of the season. And um, it worked at times, but I think they've kind of figured out that Andrews Lee is, is pretty good with Brock, Minel Brock Nelson as well. So it, it's, it, they, they're mixing up a lot up front. And, again, I just think the, that because they've been sort of shuffling them up and those lines have been in a blender, it just speaks to the fact that they, there just needs – there needs to be a few more pieces here for Lane Lambert to work with if, if this team's really going to contend. Chatting with Kevin Kurz from The Athletic New York right now. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob today on Oilers Now. A very veteran group. In fact, I think this is the oldest team in the league, or they got to be right up there, especially with that bottom six. No, Kevin. not anymore. They're, they're not. You know, they're, if you look at their defense, really? they only have one guy. Yeah, I mean, Scott Mayfield's 30 years old, but the defense is actually really young. So if you're, if you're talking about just forwards, then yes but uh, th you know last year they were when they had Zdeno Chara and Andy Green in the lineup but since you've taken those guys out the, the average age is I think it's I, I, last time I looked it was right around the, the, the mid middle part of the league yeah, so you swap out a couple of those aging defenders for a guy like Alex Romanov who comes over. I know Robin Salo's only got a few games under his belt, but I, I see what you're saying there. But for the sake of the forwards, I mean, maybe some redundancy when I see guys like Matt Martin and, uh, you know, those really physical kind of players. Scott Mayfield's played in 20 games so far, but the Oilers are kind of devoid of those types of guys. So I'm, I'm just wondering from your perspective, you know, you see a guy like Ross Johnson that's only played four games this year might he be a movable piece where they can bring in an asset and Edmund can, can find a player like uh, that brings the kind of grit that Johnson does? Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? I'm going to correct myself because I just pulled it up in front of the lap on my laptop. They are the fourth oldest team in the league, so I'm not sure what happened there. I didn't, <laughs> there go. uh, I'm going to correct myself. Uh, I feel bad for saying that, but I could you have to check and see who who moved how how that happened but um yeah up front you're right uh they do have some guys that uh are some aging veterans up there and you know you if you're talking about the fourth line um they've been together so long right they've been really a part of this team's identity for so long the so-called identity line and um there have been times where they've been they, they've still been effective and, and casey Sadikas can still move around the ice cal clutterbuck can still run guys over um Matt Martin, I think maybe the wear and tear is catching up to him a little bit. Um, and so maybe that opens the door a little bit for a guy like Ross Johnson to get in there and, and play some fourth line minutes. But, um, 
you know, it's again, it's not it's not the older guys. I think that there's um, a concern with here. Anders Lee is scoring goals. Brock Nelson's scoring goals. Uh, Kyle Palmieri even is scoring goals, and and even Zach Parisi is getting on the board. So, those guys aren't really the I think the the issue here. It's it's the younger guys that they're hoping are going to come up and become consistent producers. Uh, guys like Wallstrom, guys like Bovillier, and and that's uh, they're still waiting on on that to happen, frankly. You know, there's definitely been some misses at the top of the draft in recent years or recent enough years for the Islanders. Uh, but at the back end of things, I'm looking at Noah Dobson. I mentioned Alex Romanov, and these are quality young players and maybe some eyebrows raised, actually, when Montreal let go of Romanov uh, on draft night, I think it was. Uh, mm -hmm. How has he assimilated on Long Island? Yeah, it's, it's been a work in progress. You know, there, there's a lot of nights where he's not as noticeable, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, skating with Noah Dobson, Dobson's going to be the guy that they really want to create offense and, and, and get the puck up the ice. But I, I think Romanov's been pretty good. Um, he's out there on the penalty kill, which has been – it's got off to a great start, has been not very good lately. Um but he's certainly a guy that they are relying on to play in that top four role to, to eat up those penalty kill minutes. And essentially, he's taking the place that Zdeno Chara filled last season alongside Noah Dobson and, and on the penalty kill. So um, I, I think it's been pretty good start for, for Romanov, frankly. Um, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of nights he's not very noticeable, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, he can skate, he can still hit, and... Uh, you know, it, it's it, it obviously takes time to, to get that chemistry with a new partner. And um, I think there have been nights where he and Dobson have shown that they can work well together a pair. And then there's other nights where you can tell us it's still a little bit of a work in progress. And my understanding was last year they really suffered from the absence of a player like Nick Letty, for example, who was a, a really smooth skater on the back end. And it seemed like they, between Andy Green and Chara, obviously weren't mobile enough back there. Has there been enough turnover that you're seeing, uh, you know, a significant difference last year to this year in an area that I know the team wanted to improve on greatly? Yeah, there's no question about it, and and you're right. With, with Char and Green back there last season, it was just a blue line that was too slow. They weren't getting the puck out of their own zone quickly enough. Um, they certainly weren't getting up in the play, which is what Lane Lambert has been encouraging them to do this season. So that that's been the biggest difference, and that's why you know, like I said earlier, they have all those goals from their defensemen, 16 goals from defensemen. That's not something they could ever have been able to do, whatever been able to do last season with the guys they had back there. So, and, and you know, it's also because a guy like Noah Dobson is taking strides and, and taking steps in his career. Uh, he was someone that early on last season maybe wasn't quite ready for the role that he was put in, but now they're really leaning on him to quarterback that top power play and he a lot of minutes five on five. So that, that's, that's a huge difference. You're spot on about that. That was, to me, the biggest issue this team had last year, and it's something that's, frankly, in the rearview mirror now. One more question here for uh, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic, and, and that is simply, do we know whether there's any roster omissions tonight? It doesn't look like anybody's hurt for the Islanders. They've had a pretty clean bill of health. Is that fair to say? They have, yeah. And that's, you know, they're very fortunate in that regard because I, I think there are some depth concerns, not just at forward, but on defense as well. Um, you look at the defense core right now, and Sebastian Ajo is the sixth guy. He's sort of locked that down for the time being. Um, 
and then at forward, uh, they have been pretty healthy. So um, there's not really a whole lot, I think, in their AHL system in terms of guys that are ready to come up and, and play regular NHL minutes. So the fact that they've been healthy this season pretty much every game is uh, has certainly helped their cause as it would help any NHL team's cause. All right, on great stuff. Good chatting with you today, Kevin. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay, thanks, Brendan. Anytime. Take All care. All right, Kevin Kurz from The Athletic in New York. It's the Oilers and Islanders tonight at 5.30, our time. 4 o'clock is when Reed Wilkins takes over the airwaves. He's got the face-off show. Well, you know, the boys at Brent Ridge did such a good job selling their trucks and SUVs that they actually need some more now. Why don't you trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or even sell it to them outright? Whatever's best for you. Remember, if you order a 2023 truck from Brent Ridge, your interest rate can be locked in as low as 3.99%. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang, 780-352-6058. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Just had Kevin on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, that number 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it we should have some time for your text messages and uh well the soccer game keeps humming along here canada's you might even say they're dictating the play unfortunately they're down on the scoreboard it's brendan escott in today on oilers now okay party people in the house may I have your attention please this is oilers now with bob stoffer on oilers radio 6 30 chad in Edmonton. Just heard from Kevin Kurz on our uh, River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We've had Stephen from BC check in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. 16 goals from the Islanders defense. Brendan, how many goals have the Oilers defense scored this year? That's a great question. The answer, Stephen, is seven. Three from Tyson Berry. Three from Darnell Nurse, and if I can find the page that I just had open, one from Cody Cece. And that's it. Now, if I may borrow something that Reed Wilkins was talking about last night, the Oilers have only, they've got nine forwards who have scored a goal. Think about that. Nine forwards have scored a goal. That is the least amount in the entire NHL. That means one line worth of players has not scored a goal yet, and we're 20 games into the season, more or less. Other teams have as many as 16. I believe 15 or 16, which means that not only do all 12 first option forwards, that's your three times four lines, not only have all 12 of them found the back of the net, I believe it's Detroit who has accomplished this, but they also have a couple of more substitutes who have factored into games and also scored. Edmonton does not boast that kind of depth scoring. There are players who can score. They have just not done it. Yamamoto, nothing. Holloway, nothing. Shore, nothing. Pugliarvi, one that hit him in the butt. He was just standing in the right place. So that's food for thought to consider. Edmonton has... Well, they're about to have four players go into double-digit goal scoring. McDavid with 16, Dreisaitl with 11. The Nuge has nine, and so does Hyman. 
After that, you're looking at Evander Kane and then those two defensemen for your leading scorers. Where's the rest of the cast? Where's the surrounding characters? I'm calling on you. Time to step up. 5.30 tonight is the next time they will have the opportunity. We'll talk with David Staples here about those who have stepped up so far, like Warren Fogle, for example, and those who need to do an awful lot more here in the absence of a couple of contributors on right wing. It's Brendan Escott in this afternoon. We're watching soccer on the screen and we're talking hockey on the airwaves. We'll be back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.